It's time to fire up the three-cylinder star drive, the show that sputters along, touring a galaxy of pop culture and fanboy fiction. And now, here are your hosts, Richard Coop and Roger Colby. Hey, welcome back to Three Cylinder Star Drive. I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots. Hey, we've had a two-week hiatus, which mm-hmm. is not not like us, but we're really sorry. Had a lot of life issues between me trying to sell my house and get a different job and all the other stuff that's going on in my life. Um, it's been pretty tough. Plus, you know, working part-time at good old Sam's Club. Oh, uh, yeah, that's good. The soul-sucking. Yeah. I've, kind of, I've kind of had some... Family stuff going on, and yep. so things just kind of. On a positive note, I paid off my student loan. That's great. So that's good. Sam's did that. So pretty cool. All right. So Richard and I went to see Shazam. Shazam. Uh, Shazam. Shazam. Uh, man, um, I'm gonna say right away, this movie for me gets not only two thumbs up. If I had a third arm, I would put a third thumb. Um, and five stars. It is great. Just great. I really loved it. And I think Richard feels the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved it. And I I kind of felt like... I felt like this was kind of DC's answer to Spider-Man Homecoming. It yes. really had kind of that feel to it. Yeah, Even it though, you know, completely different concept. Completely but, different concept. But, but still, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's still running through that. Of course, that's like a... Cliche that runs through pretty much every yeah. superhero movie, you know. I mean, it's like if you've got all these powers, and you better be be good with them because you know bad things happen when you do dumb things with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. As we find out I in mean, this movie, I mean, but. not with Batman. It's like with great power comes a lot of broken broken bones. <laughs> with dead parents comes lots of vengeance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, we uh, we really loved it, and and the reason that we love it so much is because number one, um, I mean, the director of the movie, who's the director of Annabelle Creation, mm-hmm. and has some really great little YouTube videos on YouTube where it got him the job for you know pretty much a lot of films that he did was his YouTube videos. But um, what was his name? Uh- I think it's David F. Sandberg. Yeah. Yeah. The guy is an amazing director, um, but he also has a great script. I mean, the script is great. I think it. Um, what its strengths are that it plays off of, I mean, what would you do if, you know, it's the same kind of thing you had with uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. What would happen if you had a teenage kid who gets superpowers all of a sudden? What are they going to do with that? They're going to be dumb with it, of course. You know, I mean, they're not going to make great decisions, and they're probably going to try to profit off of it, especially if they're a street urchin like this kid. You know, um, but Billy Batson, he loses his mom at the beginning of the film. You know, no spoiler there. I mean, that's he's an orphan. You know, so um, goes from foster home to foster home, and um, man, that's something I really want to talk about. Something you hit on. Because yeah. this really rung true with you personally. Right, because, okay, so this is, this, what's very different about this than most TV shows and movies, it's a very positive uh, uh, a portrayal of a foster home. And that's mm-hmm. what I really liked about it, because you see most of these um, TV shows and movies where they portray foster homes, they portray them as like these horrible yeah. places, they're, they're almost like a dungeon for a foster kid. I mean, kid. like, you look at, you look at, like, Harry Potter, mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, the, that's his relatives, though. Yeah, but I mean, but still, it's, it's almost like a con- foster home kind same of thing. Same concept, kind of. And there's that stereotype of foster homes being these awful places, like the BFG. You know, the big, big, big old I giant. I didn't even see that movie. <laughs> oh, I did. I watched it with my dog. It's actually really good. Um, but the foster home uh, in that, it's an orphanage. But it's yeah. just really negative toward those kind of places. Yeah, th- there's like this whole stuff that they show, and these things are like, oh, you, we're keeping you for the money or whatever. So FYI, for, for just just for uh, how, just to inform you how things are in the in real life, when it comes to getting checks for being a foster family, mm-hmm. they cannot. You can't. They can't get a check and go spend it on themselves. They, there are workers involved, and they make sure that that money yeah. is being used to yeah. clothe and feed and shelter them. Right. This is not. It's not like we're getting free money for the parent. The foster parents are getting free money right. for, for keeping these what, kids in their what's house. What's really cool too in this movie is that the the parents, the foster parents, were foster kids mm-hmm. too. They say that. Um, and they also have like this whole bit in there about, uh, man, these kids are, they take care of these kids, but you can tell that, you know, money's tight around their house, you know, but, um, they're happy and they feel like they're a family, you know, and, and it's, it's really, it's really kind of cool. I really felt, uh, felt a positive vibe about the, about the whole foster home, um, scenes and, also, it, it really plays into the main plot of the film and the main lesson learned in the movie by Billy Batson, you know, the lesson he learns. Um, I would not feel bad about taking any of my kids to see this, too, because it's, it's just really got, you know, it's really got a lot of heart. It's, it's really kind of a, a, a pure movie, except for, you know, the villain's pretty scary, but, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. that's, you know, he's... He's embodied by the, he's inhabited by the seven deadly sins or whatever. Yeah, and, so, the, and, and the, I mean, I would say the only other thing that's not really family friendly is, although you don't really, it, it doesn't really show anything. Is there's, there's a couple of scenes where they wind up in a strip club, but you never see the <laughs> you inside see of the it. Outside you only of, see the outside yeah, of it. So it's played for a, club. it's played for a gag. Yeah, but there, I know there are some parents that would be kind of <laughs> like upset about that it's not a big deal but it isn't really yeah. i mean it's just the outside you don't right. ever see anything at all um and you know the kids in the movie i thought that the kids that they chose to be in this film they cast in this film are just great kids i mean the kids are just really good actors really funny um just naturally funny i didn't think there was anything that was forced or you know sometimes you get these comedy films with mm-hmm. kids and, and and there's things that seem forced like the kids like trying to be funny but he's not really that funny these kids are genuinely hilarious. I mean, they're just really, just yeah. Really you know, funny. <laughs> what I was really looking forward to in this movie, though, most of all, one of the first things that made me that piqued my interest about this movie was that they got that Zachary Levi was cast mm-hmm. in the lead role as uh, Shazam. Yeah, um, Captain Marvel, but he's Shazam. And <laughs> I'll talk um, about that in a minute. And um, I've been a big fan of his since Chuck, and yeah, he said he he is so great at comedy and just kind of slapstick humor and that kind of thing. If you watched Chuck when it was on, you would know this. And so he just hasn't gotten very many leading roles except in, like, Tangled, which yeah. is an animated movie. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so... He's really funny in He it. is really funny. <laughs> he's so he not a really, better person to play Shazam. Yeah, he was really just 
perfect casting for this. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give it five stars. I will. I now I will say some of the special effects weren't completely top notch yeah. here and there. there but was some you know, stuff this where thing were flying around and yeah, it looked animated. You there, know? but there was. But this was apparently only made on an eighty million dollar budget compared wow. to other. Wow. Some of these other yeah. films. Um, I th- you think here's the thing I think that that's they were not worried. much more than than Deadpool. No, I mean I think that they were worried that you know it wasn't going to be a big deal. You know mm-hmm. they were worried that it wasn't going to be good, and you know because they've had they've had a few missteps here recently with DC. Um, now Aquaman did great at the box office. Yeah, but it's the, just not a good movie. Yeah, it's not a good movie. We've yeah, talked we've, about that. That is an unpopular opinion, though. Apparently, it is tons of people love. Yeah. But apparently, because apparently tons of people love it. Well, you but know not what? me. If you put some not beefcake me. in a movie, then yeah, people are going to like guess. it. I guess. I mean, but the story was just, I was just, and the yeah. dialogue, wow. If you want to see about, want to see what we think about Aquaman, we've got a show, a few shows back where we went to see that and we reviewed it. Um, but man, uh, I can't say enough about Shazam. It's just really good. The villain is scary and believable. Um, there are a lot of superhero tropes that they make fun of in this film. <laughs> like uh, one bit that I it won't really spoil the film. It made it really laugh, made me laugh so hard. Was a bit where um, you know the part. I mean, you've seen it in uh, in the third Matrix film. You've seen it in um, some superhero superhero films where you have the two supervillains that can fly and they're like way far apart and they're. And the villain is like yelling at the other guy, and he's like, you know, doing this whole diatribe about how he hates him and stuff. And the other guy's like, listen, and they come together and fight. Well, that happens in the movie, but they make fun of it so well. Uh, because, you know, if you're miles apart, just think about it. If you don't have super hearing, you can't hear a word he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> and he's over there saying, hey, I can't hear you. He's like, are you saying something? He's like, are you saying something? You're moving your hands around. And he keeps like cutting to him, (laughs) cutting back to him, and he's doing like his whole villain monologue and stuff, and cutting them, cutting back to to Zachary Levi, going, I can't understand. I can't actually hear you. That was a great scene. Um, That was a great scene. Well, you know, usually whenever you have reviews of films, they show you clips. So we've just shown you an auditory clip, okay? An audible clip, okay? So go see it. It's great. Um, now I want to talk a little bit before Richard gets into the the pilot because we I was supposed to watch it. I didn't have time, but Richard watched the pilot, the original pilot for the TV series. It was defunct. Basically, it didn't make. Did it work? It made season? three seasons. Three I don't, seasons. Based what? on, I've only watched the pilot. Based wow. on that, I don't know how it got three seasons. Okay, so you might be asking yourself, okay, Shazam. Well, then he used to be called Captain Marvel. Yes. Originally, he was called Captain Marvel back in the 30s and 40s. Um, actually, back in the 40s. And he fought Nazis. And he fought, like, really evil Nazi dude, which is, uh, you know, he's this really crazy super Nazi guy with has a real long pointy nose, which, if you want to look at him, he's really funny. But in the comic books, um, he was, uh, you know, his name Captain Marvel. Before Marvel was ever, that was what they called their magazine. Before that was like Tales of Suspense or whatever, you know, for a long time. And eventually they hit on the name Marvel. But it was only after Captain Marvel had kind of made a name for himself. And so Marvel sued DC over it. And it ended up winning uh, for, you know, Marvel 
you know, gets its name and stuff, and, and, and they had to change the name of Captain Marvel to something else. Marvel won its lawsuit, and so basically in a nutshell, I mean, you can look the whole story up, but Captain Marvel can no longer be Captain Marvel. It has to be something else. So they call him Shazam. They just went by the name that he uses to become Captain Marvel. So, um, also, you need to stay until after the credits. Don't get up and leave during the credits like the normal schlubs, okay? You want to stay for the credit scene because there's a couple of scenes. There's one that's a mid-credit scene, and there's one at the very, very end, which is kind of funny and riffs off of... Uh, well, I won't talk about it. You need to see it. It's really hilarious. Stay for the after credits. But there is a mid-credit scene, and in the mid-credit scene, there's something that's like... There's a character introduced in that. It's like a villain that is one of uh, Captain Marvel's villains. Or Shazam. Sorry, Shazam. Don't sue me, Marvel. Shazam's uh, villains, who is probably one of the most absurd villains in the history of comic books. Um, it is a caterpillar that is uh, a super evil mastermind <laughs> that's like as big as a regular caterpillar that wears like a little device that allows it to be able to speak to uh, other beings. And so it can like translate to other languages, even like other aliens and stuff. It can talk to them. And it's gotta be the, it's gotta be the inspiration for, uh, for, for Plankton. I swear. He also is nearsighted and wears giant glasses. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's got to be the dumbest supervillain. But given the fact that the movie is tongue-in-cheek and it's funny, I think it could be a really great villain for Shazam. This is evil mastermind Caterpillar. Actually, the Caterpillar, uh, and his name is Mr. Mind, mm -hmm. and... Um, the Caterpillar is, Mr. Mind is the first, was part of the very first um, villain team-up in any comic book series. So he got together all these villains, like there's a super Nazi and there's a bunch of others, and it's like, it was during World War II, so there was a bunch of propaganda stuff going on about Nazis and Japanese people. But, it, you know, it was like the first villain team-up in history, that's what they credit Mr. Mind with. So, um, anyway... So there was a series. When did the series air? Was it? Uh, it was the 1970, I believe, when it first aired. Uh -huh. Um. Let, so okay, yeah. So our pilot, uh, retro pilot review this this week is uh, Shazam from the 1970s, <laughs> and um, man, I watched the pilot. Haven't watched any more than that. It was like 20 minutes, but it's up on uh, DC Universe, which. I'll talk a little bit about DC Universe in an upcoming episode. Yeah. Um, and it is, I I'm, I didn't really look it up, but I'm curious as if this was on PBS or something because it really had that like PBS <laughs> vibe. So, um, so it looks like Doctor Who. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking like more Doctor like Who? like t in tone. Like this is made specifically for kids about to teach kids lessons, moral oh. lessons. Oh, and so like GI Joe? Kind yeah, of? kind of. Okay. But he's like, so, uh, so you got <laughs> Billy Batson, and he's apparently just like riding around the country in this RV with uh, his mentor, whose name is Mentor, and he's, he's like, hey, how creative? How mint? Hey, Mentor. Um, 
anyways, they're like riding around in this mm. RV, and then it's got like just a little sticker on the on the front hood uh, <laughs> that has like the little it's like a little red sticker with uh-huh. the yellow Shazam uh, <laughs> lightning bolt on it. Wow. Um, and they're just kind of riding around, and there's these kids that just decide to go joyriding and like steal people's cars and ride them around and <laughs> drive them around. And there's like this one kid, and he that's part of the group. He's like. Hey, you guys, this is wrong or whatever. Like, we shouldn't do that. That car belongs to somebody else. And they're like, well, you chicken buck, 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 buck. And so the, the whole thing is Shazam seeing them. And they're trying to stop these kids from hopping the cars and uh, hopping in cars and taking them for joy rides. And uh, the, 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 the title of the episode is Joy Ride. Wow. As, um, Anyways, they're doing that, and they're kind of riding around. Okay, so they show there's this weird thing where, like, Billy, like, when he's trying to figure out what to do, it's like this weird fade-out where he, like, goes into his mind or something mm-hmm. and, like, speaks to the gods that yeah. gave him his power. Yeah. And But it's all, like, this steel animated, steel animated uh, <laughs> picture there, and they just got kind of, like, moving mouths. And it's like this weird sparkly kaleidoscope okay. effect around them to is make them appear more magical, I is guess. Is it like, okay, it's tell me. It's really bizarre. Okay, you remember when uh, when Conan O'Brien used to do the thing where he would have the the, the president's mouth? Right, yeah. Mouth. It was it like basically that? like that, but animated. Okay, so it's it more was, like the Super Friends. Yeah, it was basically like that. It was like a completely okay. still image except for the mouths. The mouths would move, and there would be like some kind of weird sparkly kaleidoscope <laughs> type effect over the image to make them appear more magical or whatever, and he'd be like speaking to them, and it would like fade in and out like he's doing it in his mind or something. It's really weird. I don't, I'm honestly don't know exactly what's happening there. <laughs> um, cause it's just weird. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's that. And they learn, um, at, okay. What is the deal? Have, if you've watched like superhero shows from the seventies and eighties and just like the TV movies and stuff, mm-hmm. what's the deal with like the superheroes all like Living in vans or RVs. I don't know. Have you noticed that? There's a lot it's of weird. Them. Captain America did. Yeah, Captain uh, America. It was weird. Maybe the RV companies. It, well, actually, okay. There was a whole time, and I can remember this. There was a whole time when RVing became like the most popular way to to vacation. Um, back in the seventies, uh, especially the seventies, it was like the RV was the way to go, man. You could go rent one, or you could go get one, buy one, and RVing became like the cool thing to do if you're going to go vacationing. Because you know, you can just pull up to any place, hook up, and you're you got a hotel. You know, um, so maybe that's it. I don't know. I guess. Well, anyways, the thing <laughs> ends with the kids wind up in a in some some junkyard, not a junkyard, a uh, like a scrapyard, mm-hmm. and it gets picked up by one of the magnetic pulley things and get fixing to get crushed and stuff and Shazam staves them and um he and they come out and what's his name Billy I, his name's not Billy I don't know what the I don't remember what the kid's name is I'm just gonna call him Billy um <laughs> they're but they're like Billy here knew better they're like gee whiz Billy it sure took a lot of guts for you not to go along with us <laughs> and and it's uh and uh they, they're like <laughs> You've all learned, and then it like cuts to this thing where Shazam, where it's like the the 
the special moral message is like Shazam shows up. Well, we all learned a valuable lesson today. <laughs> Billy sure did. To be yourself and never just go along with what others tell you or something like that. And that's why it really felt like a PBS series or something. Because yeah. it was just one of those weird things that was apparently made for like 10-year-olds where they're just supposed to learn moral lessons. Wow. It was like, it was more okay. like that than a than like a straight face superhero show for the time. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I probably won't watch anymore. I don't know. You know, there were a lot of, like, on those superhero shows in the 70s and 80s. Like, the Hulk would do it, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, Wonder Woman did it, um, you know, which was, they had these episodes where they had some kid that was in, like, an abused home or a wife in an abused home or somebody's doing drugs or something like that, some bad thing. And then they would make it into some kind of public service announcement kind of deal. They yeah. did that a lot in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. They did. Um, they don't do that anymore um, because people write story. Oh, <laughs> yeah. mean, you know, but uh, back then it was like, oh, we're going to use this as an no, opportunity. They still, they still did that in the and 90s. And the stuff. Reason, they did that with Power Rangers. And the reason that they do it is because um, there's like this television code where they have to do certain amounts of educational programming, you know. So, um, anyway, so, uh, anyways, if you got DC Universe, go watch Shazam if you want to. I don't want to watch any more of it, but you can. You can go watch more Shazam, 70s cheese. Definitely go check out Shazam the movie because it's really good. Shazam the movie is amazing. It's the best DC movie, in my opinion, since Wonder Woman. Woman. It's great. And my controversial opinion that, uh, that it also stands alongside Man of Steel as one yeah. of the best. Yeah. That's my controversial yeah, opinion. Man, I think Man of Steel is great. It is. I'm I sorry. Agree. I'm sorry if you don't think that, but it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's a great movie. I think it is. Okay. Well, next time we're going to talk about... Um, lots of TV. Lots of TV, because there's a there's lot. There's too much. There's too much TV. We can't we're watch a bit over. We're a bit overwhelmed this year. Yeah, we are. I mean, there's so much stuff we want to watch that we're not able to. And then on top of that, I mean, there's stuff on Blu-ray right now that I want to rent that I have no time to watch. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of stuff that's out on Blu-ray that I really want to watch, but can't because I'm so busy. Maybe when my life calms down after we get a new house and a new job and all that stuff, whatever, maybe. Okay. Well, until next time, I'm Roger Colby. I'm Richard Coots. <laughs>